0: Now playing Movie Reviews in 20 Q's. Hello, great people, and welcome to Palooza 2. Let's ride. Yeah, That's enough of that. Joining me again for Palooza 2 is Stacey Hurley. Hello, Stacey. How are you?
1: I'm not too bad, but I'm kind of disappointed that people voted actually for this to happen.
0: <laughs> yes, as uh, you'll see by the name of the podcast, we are doing Cage of Palooza 2. We are doing Gone in 60 Seconds, and we're doing Con Air. You guys voted for it. We had, oh, I don't know, close to 400 votes for which two cage films you <laughs> should do next. Now, before we get into it, as we discovered on the last podcast, before we started watching these cage films, Stacey had only seen two cage movies, which were Wicker Man and Ghost Rider, and her absolute hate and disgust for Nicolas Cage was born out of those two films. Now, Stacey, having seen a couple of other ones, do you see the appeal of Nicolas Cage?
1: (laughs) I do. What you have to do is you have to realise that the quality of the scripts and the stories are completely ridiculous, and so is the (laughs) acting. And then once you realise that, then it's fine. You just can't take these movies seriously.
0: We're making a convert of it.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't go that far.
0: Well, I'd say you're pretty far on the way. Now, as I said at the start of the podcast, we're doing Gone in 60 Seconds and Con Air. Flipped a coin. What one are we doing first, Stacey Hurley?
1: We are going in chronological order with Con
0: so, Con Air, for those of you that haven't seen the film Con Air, the plot of Con Air is newly paroled ex-con and former US ranger Cameron Poe finds himself trapped in a prisoner transport plane when the passengers seize control. It's pretty much the best way to describe it. Got a cast of some of the most amazing male character actors you can imagine, Got Ving Rams, John Malkovich playing the bad guys pretty much. Dave Chappelle's in it, Steve Buscemi's in it, Danny Trejo, John Kuzak, Cole Meany. There's a ton of awesome people. McCouty Williamson, who you guys might remember as Bubba from Forrest Gump. Amazingly, for the almost second time in four years, he almost dies in the arms of a dim-witted man from Alabama. It's quite phenomenal. <laughs> But anyway, looking at the reviews for this movie, IMDb have it at 6.8 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes at 55% and Metacritic at 52%. But Stacey, what would you give the film Con Air as a score (laughs) out of 10,000 planes?
1: Well, I amazingly found this quite enjoyable, this movie. And I'm going to go higher than the Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic people.
0: Holy shit.
1: But not quite as high as the IMDb folk. And I'm going 6,111.
0: She's becoming one of us. I'm going to echo you there, Stacey. I had a lot of fun with this. I haven't seen this film in probably 15 years. Oh, no, nah, since I watched it for an episode of the podcast Let's we watched. there'll be a link down below where we go into a bit more detail in the film. I really enjoyed it. I had a hell of a good time. I'm going to give it 7,497 out of 10,000.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah.
0: So if you haven't heard this podcast before, what we do is we review movies by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. Not this time, because this is a double episode. We're only going to do 10 questions that can apply to any film that we're both going to answer. So, Stacey, why don't you lead us off with what is question number one?
1: We're going to kick off with the compliment sandwich. What is one good thing, one bad thing, and another good thing about this film, Sam?
0: Well, I mentioned some of the actors in it, and they all act the shit out of this. You know what I mean? Like, it's amazing that this... This is a Nicolas Cage film in which Nicolas Cage is probably the least nutjobby person on the screen.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and that's saying something.
0: Malkovich steals that role. He becomes the most like the biggest nutjob. But even Colmani, John Kuzak, Ving Rams.
1: Steve Buscemi, scary—they're
0: all insane. They're all fucking creepy. Yeah, they they make Nicolas Cage look normal. Yes. Somewhat famously, I saw an interview or something somewhere with Danny Trejo, who, who is a legitimate con. He's been to prison, he's actually served time. And Danny Trejo actually said that John Cusack is the one actor that he's met that scares him the most out of everyone that he's ever met in his entire life. He reckons when he looks into John Cusack's eyes, there's nothing but just cold, dead, psychotic killer behind them.
1: And in this movie, John Cusack plays the good guy. Yeah. <laughs> That is so bizarre.
0: Also, very famously, John Cusack refuses to be interviewed about this movie and absolutely fucking hates it.
1: <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah,
0: good little bit of trivia for you. The bad thing, well, it hasn't aged very well. There's some horribly racist jokes peppered throughout it, there's some horribly insensitive jokes peppered throughout it. There's not a lot of nice things in this for a lot of people. Yeah, it has not aged well.
1: But you're dealing with a bunch of convicts in prison who, this is how they talk all the time. This is probably happening in prisons today.
0: That's true. There's a level of authenticity. (laughs) to this film and the, the other good thing it has the best death in film history
1: oh yeah which death is that
0: i'm talking about john malkovich right at the end remember i elbowed you you were starting to fall asleep and i said this is the most like over the top death in oh, film history
1: oh yes it's like a, a game of mousetrap
0: basically that's exactly right
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right it
0: is it's a game of mousetrap John Malkovich flees the scene after a giant plane crash into the side of a Las Vegas casino. He then gets on a firetruck. Nicolas Cage and John Cusack starts chasing after this firetruck that John Malkovich is on. They finally catch up to him. They get up on the thing and they start wrestling with him. John Malkovich ends up handcuffed to this ladder. The ladder then goes through an overhead, like, walkway thing above the ground. Malkovich gets shot off the ladder, and you think, oh, that's it, he's dead. Goes through a set of electrical wires, you think, that's it, he's dead. No, he lands in a construction yard that is nowhere near the set that they've just had them shooting on. <laughs> he lands in this construction yard and lands on a conveyor belt, which starts sliding him along, and then a goddamn, like, hydraulic press gets, comes flying down on top of his head. It is fucking bananas. And that is saying something in a movie like this.
1: (laughs) It is. It's like they got to the end of filming this movie and went, we need more action. Shit, let's um, put it in this scene right here.
0: <laughs> hey, we've got an extra two million dollars. Okay, well you we know what we're going to do: a million dollars on cocaine and another million dollars on coming up with this fucking scene.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Got to make sure this guy's dead. But Steve Buscemi, who's a serial killer, we're allowed to show him in the fucking casino gambling and all happy days. Yeah, that's fine. Let's not worry about him. Yeah. What about you, Stace? What do you got?
1: Okay, so the good thing is the flight takeover is really early in the movie and it's ruthless. So, you know, <laughs> normally when you go, Oh yeah, this is about this is a movie about a plane where the convicts take over it's usually some drawn out, painful thing where the convicts are in the plane and you're like, Oh, what's gonna happen and it's building up and building up No. They get on the plane, they <laughs> they literally have haven't even leveled out yet. They've just taken off and they're like, Boom, that's it, we've taken over. Stacey loves
0: it when you get straight to the Action eh, <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. So then, you know what that did, is it made me intrigued. I'm like, hmm, okay, so the entire plot of this movie that I've heard so far has just happened. Now what?
0: Yeah, like... Like, where can they go from here?
1: (laughs) Exactly. Turns Uh, out
0: they can crash straight into the side of a Las Vegas (laughs) hotel from here.
1: (laughs) Yes, they can do quite a lot with um, John Malkovich. There's lots of bad things. I don't need to go into them. It's just completely ridiculous. And once you realise that, that's fine. But one extremely, extremely bad thing is Nick Cage's hair is never really the best in any movie. (laughs) But this takes the cake, that long, stringy kind of mm, thing he's got going on.
0: That is a goddamn beautiful mane. You take that back.
1: (laughs) And he even says to his daughter, like at the end when he meets her, oh, I was going to get a haircut. It's like, no shit, you could have got a haircut any (laughs) time before now. (laughs) It would have been better. The final good thing is, thank God for the character Vince Larkin. So that's John Cusack's character. He's the only fucking police or detective or anyone who's got any bloody brains at all.
0: He's the only one that works everything out. And like, even when he works out, he's got no backup. You know what I mean? He goes to the airstrip by himself. <laughs> yeah. It's like everybody on his entire, because he's a different team from Cole Meaney. Yeah. It's like DEA or whatever he is. It's like they've just gone, nah, fuck you.
1: But the awesome thing they did with his character is they—he kind of gives it to the convicts, and he also gives it to his old mate from the DEA when he destroys his car and <laughs> ruins his whole bloody mission.
0: Okay, so moves us on to question number two, which is a Patreon question for the princely sum of five bucks a month. You get to have your question in the first ten questions, and this one comes courtesy of the amazing man that is Phil Jointson. And he would like to know, what item from this film would you want or definitely not want to be?
1: Okay, so you could easily pick something that gets blown up or destroyed. But I'm going to pick something or some items from a scene that did not need to be in this movie. And that is any of the tea party items or guests (laughs) of the the bear or the doll when they touch down and the little girl's having a tea party and old. What's his face? Steve. Garland Green, um, Steve Buscemi's character turns up and has a wee tea party with her. Don't want to be any of those items, thanks. Don't they... want to be
0: anywhere in that situation.
1: <laughs> no, nowhere near it.
0: You don't want to be hanging out with a known serial murderer of young people and mm. a little girl.
1: No, really? Yeah, that's interesting. Surprising, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I'm
0: quite near yeah, that. Flummoxes me. Yeah. What about the one that con question confuse It might might actually be the one that you definitely <laughs> want to be? I definitely don't want to be that little bunny. You know, put the bunny back in the box. I don't want to be that thing. <laughs> the last time we see it, it's like soakingly wet. And he's sort of like tapping it off and is like, here, giving it to him. Nicolas Cage by that point is covered in sweat, grease, other dudes' blood, other dudes' other substances. He's covered <laughs> in a whole bunch of crap. I don't want to be that bunny. If I were that little girl, man, I'd be like, nah, bro, I need a new dad. See it.
1: So that takes us to question three. Which character just needs to get laid?
0: The easiest answer is Nicolas Cage. He's been in jail for seven years. Monica Potter is a highly good-looking girl, so good-looking, in fact, that uh, three different dudes in a bar just decide on the night that her husband's back that, who cares, she's so good-looking, I'm still going to try and hit on her anyway. Mm. Like, how insane is that? He's been away for, well, potentially a couple of months, because she's pregnant. At least he's been away for a year, and that baby's not his. But anywho. uh
1: (laughs) I'm going with uh, Trisha Poe. I think so, the other side of that couple.
0: Oh, really?
1: Yeah, and I get into it a bit later on with my philosophical debate, but when he goes to prison, she just needs to move on with her life. Maybe not wait around for him.
0: I agree with you profusely on that one, Stacey. Who would want to be married to Nicolas Cage, let alone a convict Nicolas Cage? (laughs) Exactly. And that moves us on to question number four, which comes courtesy of Dave Baker. Dave Baker also has his own Patreon. You should go check it out at patreon.com forward slash your favorite. And he would like to know which character from this film would have the biggest following on social media.
1: I'm going with Casey Poe. So the young girl. So she's online, oh, really? like, what, how six, five, six, something like that. It's not exactly the right timing, but her platform would be Bebo. I
0: don't think anyone remembers Bebo, (laughs) do they?
1: Bebo was like a precursor to Facebook and it was really bright and colourful and you could customise your screens and things like that. (laughs) And it seems like a very young person's kid-friendly kind of social network.
0: Fair enough. Diamond Dog, aka Ving Rams, is incredibly popular. He's been on Harado Interview. He's had a book that's been on the New York Times bestseller. He's got all that sort of stuff. So I can imagine he'd have a Twitter account that's just sort of like fuck the police type thing. You know what I mean? Like, fuck the system. I can imagine that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that sounds about right. Question five. What quote from this film would be the worst to hear straight after sex?
0: I've got two. For me, you're somewhere between a cockroach and that white stuff that accumulates at the corner of your mouth when you're really thirsty.
1: Oh, I hated that line in the movie ah, because it's just so gross.
0: It's so icky. That's, That's up there. So is the other one too where when someone says to Dave Chappelle, it smells like someone shit in your mouth. To which he replies, on any other day, that would be unusual.
1: <laughs> oh, gross. I've kind of got two lines related to something you've already brought up. Nick Cage says, put the bunny back in the box. Why couldn't you put the bunny back in the box? Like, I don't know what the bunny's doing there to start with.
0: <laughs> but it needs to go back in the box, Stacey. Oh, yeah. And another Patreon question. This one comes courtesy of the amazing Emily Higgins, who runs the Tasteless Podcast, a podcast in which she compares two movies, one that everyone loves and gets a lot, a whole lot of attention, and another one that she thinks unfairly looked over. This week, Stacey, her podcast was on Josie and the Pussycats and Almost Famous. Stacey is <laughs> flummoxed.
1: I'm curious as to which one she is kind of petitioning for. Oh, I don't, I don't
0: no, one, no one likes Almost Famous. They all think it's a shit film, babe. Really? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Of course, she's petitioning for Josie and the Pussycats.
1: Oh, okay. Never seen that, but I don't really like Almost Famous, so maybe I'll agree with Emily.
0: I think you might. <laughs> We're going to watch Josie and the Pussycats tonight just because of Emily. <laughs> Somebody murder me. So anyway, her question is, what film would be best or worst to watch with this as a double header? What you got there, Stace?
1: I think you should watch this with The Rock. So The Rock and Conier being two not bad Nicolas Cage films.
0: That was actually my answer. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you get a subdued, almost fun, playful Nicolas Cage performance out of both of them. Mm. They're enjoyable and watchable. So I'm going to go with worst. So I'm going to say the worst Nicolas Cage film is The Wicker Man. So I'd say that'd be the worst to watch <laughs> of this. Spoiler alert we did a uh, Twitter poll and I put out movies of which we should review next on The Cage of Palooza of Three. And coming in at 52% was Wicker Man. Number yes, one. Of course. And Ghost Rider came in at 48%.
1: Of course. I knew it, you were going to say something like that. Have you worked it out yet? It, you, it's a joke. You There's only two options. You can't have that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, just winding up, Stace. I haven't put out a vote. Well, we're
1: not having any more yet. votes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, anyway, what's question number seven, Stace?
1: Question seven is what flavor pizza is this movie?
0: It is chili con can pizza. <laughs>
1: Chili con can.
0: Chili con ear can pizza. (laughs) Yes. I've never had a chili con can pizza. I've no idea what that would look like or what it would taste like, but that's (laughs) what I'm going with. There you go. What do you got, Stace?
1: I think it's a meat lover's pizza, but with a, instead of having like, you know, barbecue sauce or something like that. Yeah. It's got lots of blood and stuff. So it's got to be like with tomato ketchup splurted on top.
0: Oh man, I want a, want a meat lovers pizza. Why would you say it's like a meat lovers though?
1: Because well, lots of dudes in a tin can. <laughs> what sort of meat lovers pizzas have you been eating?
0: What, what are they doing the South Island? Is that what a meat lovers pizza is? There's a whole lot of dudes in a tin no, can. No, I'm
1: just saying a whole heap of meatheads.
0: <laughs> yeah, I get you now. Anywho, that moves us on to the next
1: question. <laughs> Okay, so you don't don't get a joke of mine and then you take the piss out of me.
0: That's what we do around here.
1: (laughs) Yes, I know. Daily.
0: Anyway, that moves us on to question number eight, which is what deep philosophical debate arose in you while you were watching this movie?
1: I thought, why did Trisha stay with old Cameron while he was in prison because they were only together for a short time weren't they before she got pregnant
0: no I feel like they had been together for quite some time because she says don't do anything crazy like you did when you were younger and all the other stuff and
1: oh right but anyway he'd obviously been away on a tour with the bloody army or whoever the, rangers, the yeah. rangers so she hardly ever sees him right yeah. And then he gets back. The first night he gets back, he gets put in prison. And she knows he's going to be in prison for a long time. Cut your losses, babe. Just go, Cut is, your losses, is this worth it? No, probably not. Get out there. Go find yourself a nice guy and someone who can be a good role model for your daughter and just ditch Cameron.
0: So my one that I came up with while I was watching this film is... They heavily go on about how the Rangers never leave a guy behind, right? Mhm. And in this movie, he doesn't want to leave Bubba behind. That's his whole thing. Like that's why he doesn't get off the plane to make a run for it or anything like that. Yeah. One of the reasons for that is that Bubba is like a diabetic and he's rather than all of his insulin's broke, he's trying to find a needle, which I f- figured the scriptwriter was like, if we smash all his insulin, he's not going to be able to find one of those, but he is probably going to be able to find a needle in a, you know, first aid kit or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But anyway, earlier on in the film, Nicolas Cage gets sent care packages from home, and one of those care packages involves these giant cakes-type things. And what Nicolas Cage does to win over Bubba is he gives them to Bubba. <laughs> so did Nicholas Cage give Bubba diabetes? <laughs> and now, I've got to stop calling him Bubba. What's his name?
1: Baby-o. Same thing? <laughs> no, yeah. Are you serious? Same thing. It's ba- a baby-o.
0: Yeah. Oh, shit. Anyway... But yes, that was my debate. Has he given baby-o diabetes and is he making it worse? And does he feel responsible for him because he put them in that diabetes position?
1: Probably. (laughs) Okay, question nine. Which character would you definitely not want hooking up with one of your friends?
0: Have we got the same answer?
1: Mm, Possibly. All of them? Yes, all of them. But there's two that are particularly (laughs) bad.
0: Are you talking about Johnny 23 for reasons we don't need to get into? Yeah, Johnny
1: 23.
0: John Malkovich?
1: And Garland Green. Oh yeah. Super creepy.
0: There we go. Take your pick out of those three. they're yep. the worst of the worst.
1: Yep. Absolutely.
0: And finally moves us down to question number ten for this movie, which is a Patreon question as well, which comes courtesy of Julio of the Contrarians. The podcast in which they rage against the Rotten Tomato Machine. Feel like you'd have a field day of this one, Julio. And if you ever need a guest for this one, <laughs> just like I said on the Nicholas Cage episode for Leaving Las Vegas, I'm here. I am willing. I offer myself as tribute. Don't want to sound too forward, but I'm all yours. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that is a bit forward.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anywho, Julio would like to know, what is our most controversial opinions about this film?
1: Well, I actually looked to Rotten Tomatoes to assist me with this. And here's my opinion. This film is better than... Face-off and leaving Las Vegas. Yet, on Rotten Tomatoes, this con air is 55%. Face-off, 92 And leaving Las Vegas, 90%.
0: Holy shit.
1: I think that's a huge discrepancy. And so I just do not agree with Rotten Tomatoes on this one.
0: So your controversial opinion is that Rotten Tomatoes should be burnt to the ground?
1: No, they just need a lower score for Face Off and le- Leaving Las Vegas and a slightly higher one for Connie just to level things out.
0: My controversial opinion is Malkovich should have been nominated for an Oscar.
1: For this role? Yeah. Sure, why not?
0: If- I, I also think Nicolas Cage probably should have played the villain and Baby-O or whatever should have been the protagonist. Let's completely move the... Nicolas Cage is dreadful in this movie. He's nowhere near as insane as he needs to be.
1: But that's actually what makes the movie tolerable for me to watch.
0: Uh, But I want insanity Give me insanity
1: Okay, watch another movie
0: (laughs) Replace Nicolas Cage with maybe Gary Busey or something
1: he needs to be likable that's why he is an that's insane true. right so you've got all these other nut jobs and we, and we need to go look we actually are on this guy's side and the only way to do that is to tone him down completely but you do kind of lose some magic in doing that
0: It is funny that they go to this extraordinary level to make him sympathetic and that he is a guy in jail for murdering a guy mm. But we need to put him in there for like justifiable reasons, sort of thing. And it's insane, yeah. like the hoops they jump through to be like he's a you know he's a deadly weapon. He's been trained by the government, so that means we've got to give him seven years in jail. It's insane.
1: Oh, absolutely is.
0: And that's the end of Con Air. Anything final you like to say about Con Air before we uh, sail that off into the sunset and it crashes in Las Vegas somewhere?
1: <laughs> yes, a couple of things. One was I thought it was an interesting decision that they decided not to introduce. Cameron to his daughter until he got out of prison because he didn't want her to see him in that situation. Yeah. Yet, on their first meeting, like you said, he's <laughs> covered in shit and spit and blood and sweat and looks like shit with a haircut. Well, he needs a haircut and he gives her a bunny toy covered in the same bodily fluids, no doubt. Now, hang on. I think I'd rather have my daughter come visit me in prison. Yeah,
0: yeah, Totally. <laughs> Well, that's that's the other thing, and that's sort of my final two comments about this film that I really, don't think get enough attention, is you? why are they taking a mother and her seven-year-old daughter to an active crime scene where convicts (laughs) are on the loose and people are being murdered and all that sort of shit? They somehow get her across country to Vegas to meet him. They Mm. know he's going to crash in Vegas for some fucking bizarre reason. She's there literally minutes after he Mm. kills the bad guy.
1: Yeah, why is that important? Why don't they just leave her wherever it is they were supposed to meet him and keep them safe and transport nick cage back to them after all the shit's gone down
0: my other fun thing and maybe some americans can answer this for me is if a guy falls out of the sky out of a plane and then comes flying through the air and lands on the hood of your car while you're driving through an intersection does that mean that you are then legally allowed to all drive through that intersection at the same time? Because that's what happens in this movie. What do you mean? Dave Chappelle comes flying out of the air, lands on the hood of that old couple's car, yeah. We then see them get rear-ended, smashed into the front of them, <laughs> smashed into the sides and all this other shit. It's like little old Doris and old Chuck are trying to yeah. drive through the intersection. Yeah. And they just get fucking T-boned, fucking yeah. rear-ended, front-ended, side-ended, top-ended. It's, it's, it's like, is there a law in America?
1: Uh, yeah, it's like just, an just airborne have accident
0: uh, law that you <laughs> t- turn into a fucking demolition derby.
1: <laughs> yeah, if a body falls from the sky, everyone goes at once. Yes,
0: yeah, it. <laughs> the the purges started. It's Hunger Games. Everyone can just kill whoever the fuck they want.
1: Yeah, interesting. I don't think I'll be hiring a car and driving around the States if that's the case.
0: (laughs) We haven't done this in a while. One of the big things about this podcast is I'm a massive film nerd and I'll watch anything. Stacey's a bit more particular, but she somehow gets railroaded into watching these movies. Stacey, for any other people out there that are just like you, would you recommend watching this film?
1: If you have to, sure. But I wouldn't rush out and watch it.
0: If your husband comes home and says that we've had 400 people on Twitter, vote for (laughs) us.
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, it's not the worst movie I've ever seen. I think we're about to talk about that.
0: Well we are because the next film is gone in 60 seconds and hopefully our review of it is done in 60 seconds.
1: <laughs> yes so that was the long part of the podcast now we're getting to the short pointy end.
0: Horribly horribly pointy and horribly horribly jammed into a place that I wish it wasn't. This is the film gone in 60 seconds. If you haven't seen the film it is a retired master car thief must come back to the industry and steal 50 cars with his crew in one night to save his brother's life. Nah, not technically true he gets about four days to do it he just plans everything out, gets his old crew back, gets his brother back. Stars Nicolas Cage in the main role, playing a great Nicolas Cage name of Memphis Reigns. We've got Giovanni Rabisi playing his younger brother as Kip Reigns. Angelina Jolie is a former Flame who's named Sway. A couple of other notable names. We've got Timothy Oliphant as detective dry we've also got dalroy lindo as detective roland castlebeck holy shit who comes up with this shit
1: the character names in this movie are terrible
0: they're horrendous finnie jones coming off the back of lock stock and two Smoking barrels and snatch to play the sphinx christopher Eccleston as raymond calitri makes sense there's a really good british name there calitri and we've got robert Duvall. it's <laughs> 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 fucking who comes up with this shit eh I love-
1: a random De- name generator. Detective Drykoff.
0: Yeah, like- Drykoff. <laughs> and You know they named him Jackoff, and then somebody's got no no you can't name him that <laughs>
1: yeah. And then you've got and his, his sidekick is Detective Roland Castlebeck.
0: Roland Castlebeck. <laughs> what the Fuck. Who comes up with this fucking shit? Will Patton is Attlee Jackson, and then James Duval. Oh, Robert Duval's son played Freb. Anyway, <laughs> enough of that. Let's move on to the scores. Scores for gone in 60 seconds. IMDb, 6.5 out of t- What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, Rotten no. Tomatoes, 25%. Metacritic, 35%. That makes a bit more sense. Stacey, what would you give this as a score out of 10,000 Shelby Cobras?
1: 1,500. at a push. At a push?! I'm
0: going to give this fifty cars in one night. Fifty!
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, I've overdone it. I've overcooked my score here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, look, it's it's about it's a three thousand or even a two thousand nine hundred ninety nine. It's like, a, do you know what I mean? It's like a. Mm, okay, that. That was fine in parts, but it's not the type of movie I'd rewatch.
1: How about we get into the compliment sandwich then, Sam?
0: Yeah, let's do this. Same as the start, we're going to do the compliment sandwich. One thing good, one thing bad, one thing good about this film. Stacey, why don't you lead us off? Let's ride.
1: As we've already stated, the plot is completely nonsensical. (laughs) It's ridiculous. Like, seriously. So that's a good thing. (laughs) Oh, whoops. So
0: that's your first... Oh, uh, are you doing shit sandwich? Is that what we're doing?
1: <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. I forgot to say... I, I think
0: we've got a new rule on this podcast. If we all collectively vote it under 4,000, yeah. then it's a shit sandwich. So go off off you go, Stacey. Sorry,
1: I was meant to say that. Which is
0: one thing bad, one thing good, and one thing bad.
1: I couldn't read my notes. I couldn't think of anything good. So I've got three bad things. <laughs> yeah, so the pl- plot makes no sense. I'm a project manager, right? And his... Plan and his crew is a complete shambles.
0: She did like, say to me, halfway, halfway through, through the movie,
1: I was like, I wouldn't trust any of those people to do their jobs right. First of all, they don't really know what their jobs are. Second of all, I oh, just, oh, just I can't see how they got it done, to be honest.
0: Brief insight into our personal life 10 o'clock on a Tuesday night. <laughs> she hasn't said anything for half an hour, so I don't know whether she's enjoying it or not. And then just taps me and goes, The organization level of the personnel involved in this is a shambles.
1: <laughs> what,
0: what the fuck do you say to that?
1: I mean, you know, I was so bored by the movie. I was...
0: It's a shambles.
1: <laughs> I was analysing Nick Cage's organisational skills. Not great. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yes, I am hairist. I'm picking on hair today. Angelina Jolie's hair in this movie is like some kind of twisted it's like have
0: you just got three shit things have you got no good thing
1: yeah that's what I said Eh. and it's like twisted it looks like it's in dreads to start with but it's just kind of loose limp white off-white blonde weirdness
0: it's a horrible blonde dread is it a wig do you reckon it's a wig
1: no I think it's her hair. It's just terribly done, and it's and like contact
0: the- lenses as well. She just never looked worse in a film. Oh,
1: she just looks terrible, doesn't she? And her character is terrible. Her character motivations, the whole entire script, she's like anyway.
0: She looks worse than when she becomes a corpse and wanted.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it's like her hairstylist has kind of lost her shit throughout the movie because at the start of the movie,
0: that's the- implying that the person <laughs> that did her hair was a hairstylist. <laughs> <laughs> and not stevie wonder <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly at the start of the movie it's quite well done like quite a lot of time went into it you can tell that took a while and some hair products to achieve that look then as the movie goes on it gets less and less done but still kind of done into this style yeah and my last bad thing is in addition to the complete shambles of the plot the, the main plot, the little side stories that go along throughout the evening that they're doing the big heist are not great. I mean, a dog, <laughs> they're waiting for a dog to poo. What? <laughs> they have to wait for a dog to poo out the key <laughs> Uh, you buy a dog laxatives and then take it for a walk.
0: Awesomely, an (laughs) awesome early performance from Michael Pena, who shows up and is like, hey, get out of our hood. And then they start (laughs) going through the shit, and he's like, no, I'm out of here, dog. (laughs)
1: Exactly.
0: It's so bizarre. Why? It's so bizarre.
1: Why did they have that? And then the other one was the um, when old Nick Cage and Angelina Jolie turn up at a house to steal a cart. There's a couple inside making out, like getting it on. You know, stripping each other's clothes off And I'm sitting outside in the car Waiting for them to kind of disappear Before they steal And then Angelina Jolie tries to get it on With Nick Cage in the car (laughs) Watching this other couple I'm like, what the hell is going on here?
0: Awesomely, there's a part there where She gets like real close to him They're sort of like tentatively playing around it But not actually like kissing or anything like that And it looks like they're going to hook up And then I think she like gives him a little kiss or something And then Angelina Jolie just goes I can't do this. And I'd like to think that that is just like somebody's left the camera on and she's like, well, I can't do this. I'm sorry, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> so she shifts away from Nicholas Cage yeah. like, no, okay, no, I'm done. There's no way yeah, I can do this. Yeah, like, I'm I cannot walk, I'm have walking out of a here. Seat scene with this man. Call my agent. I fucking quit. <laughs>
1: Okay, Sam, tell us about your shit sandwich.
0: My shit sandwich oh, fuck, where to start? You're right, like it's nonsensical. Cool. Subplots, you're right, they don't go anywhere, don't make <laughs> any sense. At one point some dude gets shot and I was sitting there going, Am I supposed to care? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why? Yeah. Who is who is this guy? Why? Why do I care? I'll do one good thing. The car chase scene through the construction yard or wherever the fuck it was is good.
1: Yeah. I liked it how he drove up over the back of that truck with the ramp on it.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. The most biggest load of horse shit ever. Yeah. <laughs> like the suspension in your car would be about 70 million different pieces. Mm. But yeah, still, the car chase scene was pretty. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> still, back onto the shit sandwich. Oh, man. Oh there's, there's so much in this. There's so much. Like there's, the acting is poor. The script is poor. Poor people are poor. <laughs> <laughs> It's just poor. I can't. I can't. People pour out drinks. It's pouring with rain. It's poorly performanced. Poorly. Poor. Dogs pour over their shit that with keys in the because of the poor.
1: That dog would be howling and screeching if it had keys coming out of its
0: butt. <laughs> Three laser cut keys coming out of its anus.
1: <laughs> no, yeah.
0: hey, hey, bro, the dog's taking a shit. More like...
1: Oh. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and what we know about dogs is that...
0: They, they would... don't like shitting at keys? <laughs>
1: yes, exactly. That dog would have ended up in the vet with its stomach tied up in knots with all the keys screwed up in its intestines or something.
0: He would have died from internal bleeding. <laughs> yeah.
1: A machine.
0: (laughs) Hey, we got the keys out. (laughs) How'd you do that? Well, we just cut the dog open. We figured it was the easy solution.
1: In reality, that's what it been.
0: (laughs) How did you get the keys out? Well, the dog has an industrial strength anus. It has managed to pass these keys. Stacey's gone hysterical.
1: I'm crying. I'm crying. (laughs) (laughs) Sympathy for the poor dog. (laughs) Oh, shit. Okay. Well, <laughs> I can't, can you do this? <laughs> what were you on? Oh, you're finishing yours.
0: Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. Question number two What item from this film would you want or definitely not want to be? Thanks to Phil Joinson.
0: Yeah, I definitely wouldn't want to be the car at the end. They call her Eleanor in the film. It's a Shelby or whatever. We've already seen Nicolas Cage and Angeline Jolie intimate that they're going to hook up with each other while they're stealing cars. And then they're passing each other at the barbecue. Right. Mm. And then those guys buy him that car, and he's like, sweet, let's go. Want to go for a ride? Those two are off to fucking that car. Oh. I do not want to be that car. I don't want to be this beaten up old piece of shit that's about to have Nicholas Cage DNA plastered through my insides. Oh, Stacey is
1: <laughs> broken. I'm having a malfunction. Okay, we haven't even talked about the villain yet. What's his name?
0: I don't know. Uh, the, oh, Christopher the Eggleston. The Yeah, yeah. The English dude. Kalitri.
1: Kalitri, yeah. Kalitri Navidad. Yeah, so he's the one who sent them on this mission to get the 50 cars. Despite, like, having some kind of car salvaging and selling business, he doesn't really like things made out of metal, but he really likes things made out of wood
0: oh yeah he legit fucks that wood
1: yeah and he's got a whole workshop thing full of things he's personally made out of wood so i would not want to be any of those wooden items that's just too creepy
0: you legit know he's gonna have an, a real authentic sex doll made out of wood somewhere in the back of that <laughs> shop eh
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
0: okay so same one again which character clearly needs to get laid
1: gotta be um angelina jolie's character sway not because I personally think she needs to get laid, is she is trying to get laid in this movie. <laughs> yeah.
0: With Nicolas Cage?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So something's going on.
1: Yeah, something's wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I reckon Robert Duvall's character needs to get laid. Oh, yeah. No, actually, I think Robert Duvall needs to get laid. I think he deserves something for the being in this film. <laughs> I don't think they could have paid an awesome actor like him enough to be in this film. He's my only real good thing about this. Robert Duvall, get him laid.
1: Okay. Question 4. What character would have the biggest following on social media and on what platform?
0: It would be Sway. I reckon she'd be one of those suicide girls. Are you familiar with them? They're like No,
1: what are they? They're
0: like pin-up models that are covered in tattoos and piercings and mm. shit like that. I reckon she'd be like a suicide girl Instagram famous type girl. I can imagine that. Spoiler alert would not follow. And this was peak Angelina Jolie for me. This, she was high on my level of like crushes. This is 2000. This is right around the time Tomb Raider came out. Shit like that. This is peak Jolie. And ugh.
1: So I think uh, the character with the biggest following was Detective Drykoff. He doesn't really do a lot of detectiveing. It's <laughs> uh, old bloody Roland uh, has a bone to pick with Memphis. So he's just along for the ride. So I think actually his main job isn't being a detective. It's being an Instagram model.
0: What well, is Timothy Oliphant? who's a hell of a good-looking man.
1: He is. He's very cute, so I can imagine that he'd just be massive.
0: Yeah, I can picture that. I can picture that. And that moves us on to question number five. What quote from this film would be the worst to hear straight after sex? And is it,
1: oh? <laughs> <laughs> no. Easy money. It's a quote by Otto when he finds out, you know, about the car gig. But you don't want to hear that after sex. It implies that, well, let you decide what that implies. <laughs>
0: I'm going to go with, without disappointment, you can't appreciate victory.
1: <laughs> That's, a g- <laughs> That's a little
0: too close to the bone for me. <laughs> or a little too close to the boner. And that moves us on to question number
1: six. What is it, Stace? What film would be the best or worst watched with this Is a double feature?
0: One of the best films from the 90s about a former criminal who comes back for one last job, Unforgiven. It's a great Western film, and I don't like a lot of Westerns, but I really enjoy that film. Nice. And I think it would be the best and worst, because like, it's the best thing to cleanse the palate that has gone in 60 seconds, but it's also the worst because it refreshes the palate of how shit's gone in 60 seconds is. <laughs>
1: Mine's kind of the same. I'm comparing with another car heist film, and one that I thought was awesome, and we reviewed it in the last couple of years, and that's Baby Driver.
0: Oh, good shit.
1: Yeah, that's a wicked movie compared to this pile of crap. Nice.
0: Okay, that moves us over to question number seven, which is... What flavour pizza is this film?
1: This movie is a pepperoni pizza. It's just, no thought has gone into it. It's just a bog standard pizza.
0: I am going to go with a tire fire pizza. <laughs> if you don't know what that is, it's a bunch of burning rubber poured on top of a pizza base and never fed to anyone because it's ridiculous. Or it's a Stacey pizza. What's that? Just completely burnt to a crisp in and inedible. <laughs> someone has not worked out how to use oven timers yet.
1: Yes, I have. And anyway, <laughs>
0: someone refuses. <laughs> Out of principle, to use oven timers.
1: When you said tire fire to start with, I thought you meant something else, like that it was made out of like the hottest jalapeno chilies or something, <laughs> so it would burn burn your bum out.
0: <laughs> what is up with you and anally destroyed creatures at the moment? <laughs>
1: That's how I feel after watching this movie. Well, anally destroyed. <laughs> It's driven me to distraction.
0: Fuck, I love you, babe.
1: (laughs) Okay, what deep philosophical debate arose in you during this film?
0: At one point, one of his old gang shows up, and Nicolas Cage is teaching a whole bunch of kids how to drive on a a go-karting track or something, eh? Yep. And so the guy says to Nicolas Cage, hey, I need to talk to you, and Nicolas Cage goes, oh, cool, and tells this old-timer, take care of the kids, right? Then they go inside, and then he starts talking to the guy, and the guy goes... We've got you. This guy's got your brother. You need to come back to Los Angeles and sweet. Nicolas Cage, like, cool. Okay, cool. Yep. Sweet. Sounds good. Let's go. And they just cruise off. That old timer's sitting there with 30 fucking kids, not knowing what the fuck to do. What is he doing for the entirety of the film? I reckon that's a classic screwball kid comedy featuring old timer left with, <laughs> with Nicolas Cage to take care of 30 rebel rousing kids.
1: Mm, who don't know how to drive go-karts. That's
0: the that's the film I want to see. Interestingly, we also get some wicked product placement here because the guy says to Nicholas Cage, oh, I thought we were going to go somewhere where the drinks are cold or something like that. Nicolas Cage is like, fair enough, gives him a Pepsi. And then later on, <laughs> <laughs> not a beer, N- no, nothing like that, gives him a Pepsi. Later on, we all see them drinking Pepsi as well. I was like, this is some of the most blatant product placement I've ever seen. Yeah,
1: They do not... Um, drink a single thing in this film except for Pepsi. Exactly. Okay, so a character we haven't talked about who was a huge surprise in this movie is old Memphis's mum Helen Rains.
0: Oh, you mean the dead lady walking in this time? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, so Nick Cage gets back home to his hometown, goes to see his mum, who looks like she's about 95 and she's still working in a diner.
0: Yeah, 95, dressed up like a 40-year-old.
1: Yeah, and they have this conversation and basically she is the most hands-off mum you've ever seen in your life. She basically doesn't want to do any mothering. She sent away Nick Cage to start with to try and keep his younger brother Kip out of trouble. Then she finds out Kip's in trouble, like, could get killed. And she's like, oh, can you handle it? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, oh god, I'm sick of these boys of mine. I just can't be bothered doing anything. And then, in another surprising turn at the end of the conversation, she's like, "Thanks, Randall." And everyone's like, "Who the fuck is Randall?" <laughs> yeah, nobody called
0: Memphis this entire <laughs> yeah. time, and he's like, "See you, Randall."
1: Nobody in this movie calls him Randall. He's not even credited as Matt Randall. I thought old oh, bloody that um Helen had just lost her marbles and forgotten what her line was. She's probably
0: (laughs) potentially for that actress that was a high possibility.
1: (laughs) See Randall and everyone's like, Oh fuck, we can't reshoot that now. (laughs) She probably thinks what that's what Nicholas
0: Cage's actual name is. She probably thinks his name is Randall Cage. (laughs)
1: Anyway, I don't know how that's a debate I oh, okay so the philip- yeah, yeah, well, what are you debating <laughs> the philosophical debate is is she the worst movie mum we've seen in quite some time
0: yes and that moves us on to question number nine which character would you definitely not want hooking up with one of your friends
1: it's got to be Kip brains. He's just a fierce. Nicholas Cage's
0: brother, played yeah. by Giovanni Rubisi. Yeah, yeah. The
1: younger brother. He's just bloody useless. He's worse than me. He tried to cook Nick Cage breakfast and he set the oven on fire. He gave him burnt bloody toast, burnt eggs, burnt <laughs> bacon, <laughs> set the thing on fire. And it just seemed like that's a normal day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it does. The one I'm going to go for is Sphinx. Okay, Vinnie Jones' character who says nothing for the entirety of the film until right at the end.
1: Why do you think that, Sam?
0: One of the biggest complaints that my female friends have to me about their partners is he doesn't communicate with me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> fucking
0: one dude rings him up on a phone and he replies pushing numbers. We know he can talk, but he pushes fucking numbers well, on we, a phone. At that
1: stage, we don't know that he can talk, do no, we?
0: No, but we find out later he can talk. He's just being a fucking asshole. No one wants to date a guy like that. And that moves us down to number 10, which is Julio's question again. What is it, Stace?
1: What is your most controversial opinion about this movie?
0: Robert Duval is a treasure, and he's, he's great on this as well. I think he should legally be allowed to beat up his agent for 10 minutes without any legal repercussions. <laughs> I don't know how his agent got him into a shitty movie like this. I think he should legally be able to go... Out into a back room with his agent and just beat the living crap out of him.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's a good call. But the funny
0: thing is, on paper, this looks like it works. This is a remake of a popular movie from the 70s. It's starring Angelina Jolie and Nicolas Cage, who had won Oscars in the previous couple of years. Mm -hmm. You know, you're Robert Duvall, you've won an Oscar, you're looking for sort of bit roles where you don't have to do much. You know, he, we only see him in two locations. Mm. It's filmed in Los Angeles. This it's, is like. It's
1: easy money. It's easy money. Like his character said. Easy money. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm just going to riff on what you said. When I was researching this, I was like, hmm, how can I come up with a controversial opinion about this film? I looked at it, and then when you look at it, the three headline actors, Nick Cage, Angeline Jolie, and Robert Duvall, all Oscar winners, as you said. Yeah. How on earth can this be so crap, this movie? With three Oscar winners in it. Or why did they win their Oscars? <laughs> <laughs> to start with. Are you trying to
0: rescind Oscars? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What did Duval win for like All the Mercies or something and Jolie won for Girl Interrupted, yeah. Nicolas Cage for your favourite film Leaving Las Vegas. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Is it an indictment on the Academy?
0: You want them to rescind. <laughs> there we go, rescind those Oscars. <laughs> Anywho, that takes us down to the end of the podcast. Thank you, everyone, for joining us again on this Cage Palooza, Volume 2. It's been a hell of a lot of good fun, hasn't it, Stace?
1: Yeah, in parts.
0: Now, last time we did another podcast, I gave you a quick quiz of Cage movies, mm-hmm. where I gave you Nicolas Cage movie titles, and you had to tell me if they were real or fake. Now, this time, as we've seen in this film, Nicolas Cage gets some great character names. Like Memphis rains, <laughs> yep. Stacey, I'm going to read you out a couple of character names and you have to tell me if they are true Nicholas Cage names that he's played in films or not. Okay. John Fincenzo. Fake. Correct. Acid Yellow.
1: What? True.
0: Yes, he played Acid Yellow in the film <laughs> Sunny. <laughs> ben Gates.
1: No, that sounds too normal.
0: Incorrect. He played that in National Treasure. Oh, Cameron Poe.
1: Duh. (laughs) That was his character in Connie. You got me. You're expecting me to have wiped that from my memory already.
0: Shit. Well done, Stacey. And that takes us down to the end. Dearest listeners, if you're a massive Nicholas Cage fan, please disregard everything I've said over the entirety of this podcast, except for all the parts where I've said. He's awesome because he is. He is a national treasure. He is absolutely one of the greatest actors of all time, and all of his films are worthy of being put in the AFI Top 100.
1: And you should go and listen to Sam's new spin-off podcast where it's exclusively based on Cage films. I will not be featuring in that series. <laughs>
0: Anywho, uh, if you like the podcast want to get in contact with us, you can find us on Twitter, where we're most prolific, on the handle, at Movie Reviews In. You can find us on Facebook, at Movie Reviews in 20 qs You can also send us an email at mritqs at gmail.com. And another thing that we'd like to plug, that is the most important thing that you guys should know about, is the live stream for The Cure. Now, we've got a promo that's going to play at the end of this podcast, but basically, we're going to put the Twitch stream into the show notes, but basically, you can go along, you can, you can follow the live stream from The Cure, where the boys from the Epic Film Guys are going to stream themselves live for 40 hours to raise money for cancer. They're trying to raise seven and a half grand. Me and Stacey are very happy to get behind this and support it. We're going to be on there asking 10 random questions that you can ask of any movie ever, similar to our 150th episode. Both really looking forward to it, eh, Ace
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's good to support this cause, and also it'll be interesting to see how delirious these guys are by the time yeah. that we speak to them. <laughs>
0: They're going to love talking about. I think we're quite early in the piece for them. Oh, so. okay. Oh, good. So it'll be... 30 in the morning on Saturday the 18th of May So it's coming up really soon Yep Sweet Upcoming episodes that you guys should all get really excited about We've got the IMDb boys coming on to do mm. The Dark Knight
1: a f- Finally, a good movie <laughs>
0: <laughs> Spoiler That's it, you're fired oh. And we also have the amazing John Mark Jenkins Who's coming on to do Star Trek A film Stacey hasn't watched yet So that'll be exciting
1: Mm. I will let you know what I think once I've seen the movie. A yeah. <laughs> couple
0: of other ones for you guys to get excited about. We're going to go back and do a bit of a retro one where we're going to look at 1994's The Lion King. We're going to be joined mm. by Mitch's oh, easily better-looking, awesome, funny uh, partner, yes. Caroline. So that's going to be really exciting. She's going to come on and do that with us. And that's sort of in preparation for the remake, which we'll do later this year. But yep. uh, we've had a listener request for us to do Detective Pikachu for me, Mitch, and Machu. So you're lucky, Stacey, you miss out on that one. Phew. And unfortunately, it's a Patreon, so we sort of have to. Anyway, that is thanks for me. (laughs) Thanks. Bye. I'm Nick. I'm Justin. And I'm Brian. And we're the hosts of the Epic Film Guys podcast.
1: With the live stream for The Cure coming May 17th, we want to know... What's What's your story? story?
0: The Livestream for the Cure is a charity event to raise money for the Cancer Research Institute for a future free of all forms of cancer.
1: It's also a celebration of those we've loved, those we've lost, and those who continue to fight. This event is so
0: much bigger than just our little show. It's about all of us and how we've been affected by cancer. Throughout the 40-hour Livestream for the Cure, we'll be sharing your photos and stories so we can honor who we're fighting for. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com slash whatsyourstory and learn how you can share your story with us. Together, we can make a difference.